one in four corporations doesn't pay any taxes. Bernie Sanders. Hey, hustlers. Welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no-filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey, hustlers. Welcome to another episode. My name is Christian, and I am the host of The Hustle Show. Thank you so very much for joining me today at The Hustle Show episode number 13. I'm super excited for today's episode as we have the amazing story of Cheryl Fields. She has over 40 years of experience of entrepreneurship, different industries, different businesses. And today she's going to share with us some of the amazing stories of the journey of how she got started back when she was 17. And she's been doing it for over 40 years, entrepreneurship full time. And she has become this amazing and very transparent financial advisor and because of her transparency and the way that she does things, I was so excited to have her on the show and to bring some insights when it comes to money and wealth. And if you're investing in your 401k, you know, she shares if that's good or not for you and for your future. So you definitely want to hear this one out. And before we jump into her call, remember that all the show notes are available at thehassleshow.co slash TSH13. And there you're going to find everything about Cheryl, her website, a way to connect with her. And she's actually going to give you a free ebook. So you're going to find the free ebook there, the link to it. And I already downloaded it. It's pretty amazing. So I strongly suggest you go into the Hassle Show show notes of the episode 13 so you can check it out. And before we jump into the call with Cheryl, I would love for you to subscribe to the show right now. Whether you're watching this on our YouTube channel or you are listening in our podcast audio experience. If you hit that subscribe button right now, you will not only get notified every time that a new episode comes out, but you will also be helping a lot of other people to find our show and to find the motivational content that we're putting out with all the entrepreneurial stories that we're constantly sharing every Monday and Thursday. So if you hit that subscribe button, I would really, really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's jump into the call with Cheryl Fields from lifestylewealthgroup.com. All right, Hustlers. So in today's episode, we have Cheryl Fields. Welcome, Cheryl. Hey, Christian. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm very excited to have you here on today's episode. Uh, you have a true hustling story for over 40 years. You've been an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'm very hey. excited. I'm very excited to share your ups and downs and your struggles today. Oh, yeah, me too. So, um, you know, I know you're doing a lot of things. We actually caught you in the middle of a trip right before you were boarding a, a, a plane. So, Thank you for joining us, even though you're busy and you're busy running, running around the world. Yes, exactly. That's really true. But, you know, today I'm on right off of Lake Michigan. I'm in a place called Petoskey, Michigan. And I had a business meeting here with other colleagues. And, you know, Christian, that's the part about being an entrepreneur. You could do it from anywhere. So I kind of wanted to just sit out on the patio here and, and just, um, you know, share what we do because this is, there's ups and downs. And this is one of the ups, in my opinion, one of the good things. Yes, absolutely. And I love, I love to everybody that is watching this video conversation on YouTube. They're absolutely, you know, your background looks amazing. I love it. You know, this, yeah. this cool place that you're at and then all the greenery on the back. I love that. Yeah, so, so it's right. It's a beautiful little town. It's like a picture perfect town. And then right after our interview, I head back to the land of palm trees in South Florida. So it's nice to be able to do it from anywhere. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I just I'm just eager to get, you know, to start hearing the story behind this wealth 
you know, because I think your message is related to like the hassle show. You're all about transparency when it comes to, um, you know, wealth and money. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have you in the show, because you're like the wealth creator, transparent person out there. Absolutely. You know, Christian, it's so true. And, you know, I work with people of all ages. So younger people like yourself, I work with, you know, the Gen Xers and then the baby boomers. But, you know, the thing is, the real reality is I've been an entrepreneur for like 35 years, 30 years, I guess, when um, I really hit rock bottom. I got in this relationship and it ended up being a disaster. And um, I ended up actually starting over. So, um, you know, I was I was 47 and um you know, I had to escape this relationship. And what happened was I was in Savannah, Georgia. Um, my daughters were grown at that point. They were living in Maine and um, they knew, you know, you can't keep stuff from your family. And I'd been an entrepreneur. I'd always been this self-sufficient, single mom, entrepreneur, you know, kick butt kind of woman. And all of a sudden through this business deal, I met this guy and then blah, blah, blah. And it started, it just started to be a really scary situation. And I was, I was ashamed and I was really kind of embarrassed about the whole thing, you know, to tell my family, like, how did I do this? Right. I mean, come on. Right. And so I got a call from my daughters one afternoon and they were in Maine and they were um, probably in their late twenties or so. And they were just both crying and they said, mom, look, we, we know you're in an abusive relationship and we know that you think you're hiding it from us, but you're not. And we we're just so scared. We're so scared that we're going to get a call that says, you know, you've been beat up or you've been unconscious or you're thrown out of a car or whatever. And they said, mom, we can't, we just can't bear the thought of it another day. And so they said, we've, we've booked a ticket on a, on a plane for you in the morning and we booked a hotel for you tonight. And we want you to go get your stuff and get out today. And no mom really expects to get that kind of call ever. But the reality is, as I sat there, I said, you know what? They're right. I can't hide it. I need to escape. And so I did. I took my purse. You know, I packed everything that I could pack into it. And I went to Forsyth Park in Savannah, Georgia, um, where they filmed the movie Forrest Gump, right? And so, like, it was on that park bench where Tom Hanks said, life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I thought, dang, man, isn't that my life right now? You know, like, <laughs> wh- how did I get here? You know, like, what the heck? And so um, I thought, you know, I had a pity party for a while. And then I just started thinking, okay, now what are you going to do with your life? Because you know, this is a, this is a real game changer right here. And so, um, I decided that I, I knew how business worked, but I didn't know how money worked. So I knew I needed it to work for me because now I had to like start over. Right. And I think people get in there, you know, all the time we get in situations where we feel like we're starting over, whether that's in a relationship, that's a business, that's moving, that's whatever, you know, and it's not the end of the world. You know, it really isn't. It's just, we're just shifting gears and getting new opportunities. So I became a financial advisor and studied and I passed my test. I was hired actually by ING, right? A global investment firm, you know, big orange letters. Everybody like knows who that is. And um, I was really new in the market in 07 and learning all the ropes, whatever. And when the market crashed in 08 and I saw people losing all their money and I saw the financial advisors trying to stop it, but they couldn't stop it. Right. And the people's accounts were going down. The financial advisors were trading, which made, meant they made more money. Um, the economy crashed, the stock market crashed, the real estate market crashed. And there I was sitting there. I mean, thank God I didn't have a client, you know, so luckily I didn't lose anybody's money but my own right then. But, you know, it was like, wait a second. I just got out of school to help people figure out how to keep their money, not how to let it all go down the drain. And so I went to bed every night sick at my stomach. And I was just like, what have I done now? Right? Am I back on the park bench? Because this is not right. And then I woke up. So I went to bed one night and I'm like, okay, I just need answers. I just need answers. 
And the next morning I woke up with not answers, but a question. And the question was, wait, what do wealthy people do? Because they don't start over every time this stock market crashes and they have time and money no matter what happens in the economy. I was like, wait a second. I just got out of financial advisor training and what didn't I learn? Because I knew I didn't have the answer, but I knew I was going to find out. So I did what Napoleon Hill did in Think and Grow Rich and I just started asking wealthy people. So what I found out is this, all of that to say that I went back and I figured out that the tax code, right, that was started in 1913 was like how the whole industry has been built on deferring your taxes. And that's not at all what works because baby boomers are retiring broke. And so wait a second, how did that happen? And it's because we need to get the message out to young people, to you know, Gen Xers, and even to baby boomers right now. We need to say, look, it is, does not work. And there's a lot of reasons why, but that's what I've spent now the rest of my life doing. I will spend the rest of my working life doing, but now I'm spending time. I go on to radio shows, television. I tell anybody, you know, I speak across the country. And um, it's really important that we realize that the financial system and what we've been taught doesn't work. And here's how I know. Um, but because I'd been speaking for like five years, right, about this, but it was great because on January 3rd of this year, I was sitting down having my coffee half asleep and I opened up the Wall Street Journal. And on the front page, there was an article that said that the guy that started the 401k, um, Stuart Whitehouse, said he was sorry he ever did it. He said it was never meant for a retirement vehicle for the American family. And they knew it and they tried to stop it. But he said Wall Street was making so much money, they couldn't stop the machine. And I was so mad. I'm like, you have lied to us for 30 years. And now people are retiring broke. And there's, you know, 300 financial, 300,000 financial advisors in this country. And people are, are, are retiring broke. Gen Xers, I mean, Gen Xers have are sandwiched between their own student loans. And then now their kids are growing up. And then younger people, they've got student loans. They can't start businesses or start families or buy houses. And so the whole system is... It's, it's just, we've been led to believe stuff that doesn't work. And so I am here right now straightening it all out. So there is a way and there's so much that we really can do. But right now we just have to really realize that it's not, um, it's not what we've been told. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to money and wealth. But, you know, just by reading a few books here and there, you you know, you get the, the there's something missing. There's something that nobody told us. Right. So you're so right. And you have your whole life ahead of you. So like you're in a great position, your age group, you know, or even Gen Xers because they have a long time to let that money grow. So, you know, we believe that accounts should be safe, secure, never go backwards, give a great return, but also have a taxable, tax-free, I'm sorry, return. We don't need to put ourselves in taxable situations because the IRS tax code says you don't have to. So we've just been duped to believe that we should be paying tax. We should only ta pay tax once. That's when we earn the money. After that, all the other taxes you pay are voluntary. Ah! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Like, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I don't want to scream because yeah. <laughs> it's Michigan. It's really quiet here, but, you know, but, ah! <laughs> just wow, that is, drives me nuts. Yes, it is. I mean, it does, you know, it's, and that's part of when, when it comes to, uh, you know, the lack of education and preparation, it actually, it's one of the most expensive things that you can do not being educated. Exactly. It costs you. And even the baby boomers that are retiring right now, because they deferred the tax, like they thought, see, they were doing the best thing that they thought, but because they're deferring the tax and now they have to take that money out, you know where they're going to ding their social security. And for an average person right now, retiring with just what the average resources are, it's going to cost them over $250,000 of their social security benefits. Wow. And, and people aren't talking about that, right? And you guys probably, who knows where social security's going to be, a, if yeah. it's going to be, or whatever. 
if it's going to so be you guys, have to, you guys have to plan right now for yourselves. And so we totally believe that that's what you should be doing. Having things that are off the radar screen of the IRS and use the IRS tax code so that your money can grow and double. It should double every 10 years for you. And it hasn't worked for our generation. And now we know it's a lie. So we just have to say, look, guys, listen, don't do what we did. Do what works. Right. I love that. So go, go, going back to the story of how all the craziness started, you know, where you were going through a rough patch and you just went all in for school and, and started, I think, I think you probably started as a financial advisor in one of the worst years ever, right? Oh my God, <laughs> did I know it though? I was in, it was a boom when I went in and it yeah. was a bust when I came out, you know, it's like, wow. Super crazy. Uh, you but, never know though. See, I mean, it showed me, you never, never know. Yeah. But actually all that was the, um, you know, all of my finance, all of my um, entrepreneurial career, you know, I had so many great experiences. And of course, this was great because as I sat there, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst time in my life on the park bench. And then, oh my God, the market's crashing. This is the second worst time in my life. But actually, it's been absolutely the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So we have to remember as an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of people feel really safe, you know, and I always, I always say to people, some people like to have somebody else's name on the signature line on their paycheck on Friday. You know, I want to have my own name on there. And so the one thing as an entrepreneur, you're always making those choices. And I've had a lot of great, great experiences. I built some really fun companies and done some really great things, met some fabulous people and got to work, you know, shoulder to shoulder with great people. And so it's really is, for me, it's just been the best thing that could have ever happened. And I'm so glad. I actually made a decision at, right out of high school. My friends, I went to high school in San Diego. I was raised in LA area and then went to school in San Diego and my friends went off to college, but like we'd been surfing and, you know drinking beer. We weren't supposed to be, but we did. And uh, shh, don't tell anybody. And, uh, no, shh, don't, don't tell anybody. And uh, so, you know, so that we were leading that kind of beachy, you know, surfer lifestyle. And I thought, man, they're going to go off to college and pay all this money. And I'd rather go out and be an entrepreneur. And I really knew it was really a crapshoot. You know, it could go either way. But of course, it ended up for me being the perfect decision. And for my friends, it was probably the perfect decision for them. But, um, you know, I just, um, I would never trade it. And, but it is really tough. You are always responsible, not only for yourself, but for other people, the people that you hire as your company grows, the people that depend on you and, and even your clients who are actually, you know, trusting and depending on you too. So there's a lot of responsibility, but there's nothing like being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, you really do control your destiny. I think you do. And that's, you know, that's hopefully everybody that is listening to us gets inspired by your message right now. And hopefully this is, the you know the the goal time and because yeah. it, it, it's basically what a lot of people call the job security that is really not secure because if if they oh, feel no. like it they can fire you anytime um you know, anytime yes and entrepreneurship they don't I think, even have to help go ahead i'm sorry oh no no i was going to say um entrepreneurship is is you build your own destiny well, and you build yourself, which is the most important thing. Like when you go through struggles, my daughter, you know, she's going through ups and downs. You know, she, one lives in Florida near me with, and she's got three kids. So that's really super fun. But then my other daughter lives in New York and she works with me in the business. And the thing is, you know, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You have to, as you, as you go, go through struggles in life, no matter what they are, whether they're personal or business or whatever, the reality is that you grow through all of that. You could sit in a little cocoon and never have to worry or struggle or anything, you know, have somebody just slip your food under the door to you, you know, but that's not life. Okay. Life. And here's what I've learned this, and this may or may not make sense, but just remember that I promise you, this is true. Life is not hard. It's life experience. That's hard. And so we have everything good available to us. I mean, you live in a great place. I live in a great place. You know, like here I am 
completely in a whole different place. And we have so much opportunity in this country. We are so blessed in the United States of America to have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur as we want to be. You know, I have, I had a woman contact me from Serbia who, who said, oh my gosh, I've been raised socialist my whole life. Will you help me understand what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to be in a capitalist society? And so we are so blessed. So I just want to encourage all, everybody out there, you know, I'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow and throw up, you know, everything to the wind, but I'm saying make a plan, right? And for me, my thing was, yeah, um, just go all in from the beginning or else, you know, I would take it too slow and I probably wouldn't, I would give myself excuses and whatever. But instead I said, nope, this is it. And I did that from the time I was actually 17 years old. And so, you know, it's made me who I am. It's made me feel like there's nothing in life I can't handle. Some things aren't fun. And you guys probably have a lot of unfun stuff coming. I'm not going to kid you. But that's how you grow. So just look at it as it's not like personal. You know, the world isn't attacking you. It's just the fact that you're not learning or knowing something that's going to actually let you get past it, get over the wall, and get on with your life. So that's really the, that's like the good part and the bad part all rolled up into one, in my opinion. Very cool. So, I mean, with all the craziness that you had going on, you know, how was the the emotional roller coaster and all the wreckness that we go through when starting the Lifestyle Wealth Group? I mean, how was that experience like in, in your case? Well, it's, you know, I've started and 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 been a part of the start of lots of companies, but Lifestyle Wealth Group is just my most recent. And it was great. You know, once I realized that we were being lied to financially, then it all made sense why people were broke, why it's hard to figure out why your money doesn't work for you. You know, I always say we get taught stuff in school like Greek mythology or, you know, Renaissance architecture or something. They don't teach us about money. What the heck? We need to know that in our everyday lives for everything we do because everything takes money. And most people don't want money for money's sake. They want money for what they can do in life, right? You, you know, like I want to get on a plane and come to Michigan and be with, you know, people who do what I do. You know, I, I love that, but that's not free. And, you know, so you have to have money to do the things you want in life. And so for me, starting Lifestyle Wealth Group was really a way, it was very difficult in the beginning because I couldn't figure out what, truth was about money. I couldn't figure it out. But I knew that once I found out that I needed to share that with everybody. And so I really knew that. And if you can trust your gut as an entrepreneur, I think it's really important because a lot of times you may not have the answer right away, but if you know in your heart that you're on the right track, keep going and just keep going and keep asking questions. Look for people who've already achieved what you want to achieve and say, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. Or, you know, I don't know even what to do about this. And they'll be like, oh, hey, that's easy. I can help you with that. And people that are successful, honestly, are really, really glad to share. I love it when people come up to me and say, hey, you know, I know you've been an entrepreneur a really long time. I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me? And maybe I can or maybe I can't, but at least I might know somebody if I can't help them. Sorry about the motorcycle. Um, I can't help them. Uh, you know, maybe I know somebody who can. So, you know, it's, um, it's really just learning and growing and becoming all that you can be in life. And you'll, if you do, you'll look back on your life and say, you know what, it was all worth it. And it was a life well lived. Absolutely. I think, I, you know, I think you, you touched some golden points there, you know, trying to reach out to um, people that are, uh, you know, ahead of you trying to learn from whatever they did right or, you know, they did wrong because everybody makes mistakes. And, You know, it's it's really impressive for me that you've come a pretty long way. I mean, what you've done, achieved and, and everything. And you're still reaching out to people and you allow people to reach out to you and help them and I guide do. them. So that's pretty awesome. 
Absolutely. I love helping people. And of course, you know, I'm glad to, my company's called Lifestyle Wealth Group. I'm glad to help anybody that wants to connect with me on that, um, you know, on my form. I have a form there, a connect form, um, you know, and we're glad to do that. But, you know, the thing, the thing too is, I mean, there are ups and downs in other businesses. And so there's, you know, I would really encourage people to stop and think if they're getting ready to get into business. One of the things that I really did that was, that was like not very good or smart was, um, I had, I had been working for a while. I was working in Hollywood. I was doing some, um, you know, uh, video product, uh, you know, broadcast quality video work for ABC television. And, um, then decided to get out of the rat race and moved to Colorado and bought a printing company. I wanted to get, my girls were like eight and nine then, you know, and I wanted to get out of the rat race and the brown air and all that stuff. And so, um, anyways, went to Grinch Grand Junction and I, I knew about printing. I knew about that kind of stuff. So I said, Oh, this will be a great business for me. Well, it was 17th in a market of 17. So dead ringer last, like no, no clients, but I'm like, Hey, I don't care. I can sell, you know, and I knew the, I knew about printing. So I was like, yeah, cool. This is right up my alley. So I bought the business, right? Well, and so this is what I want to tell people. This is how naive I was back then. And so you think I would have learned a little bit more, but sometimes like the most obvious elephant in the room is like the thing you don't actually see. <laughs> so Sorry, but I got to say it. So, um, so anyways, I went out and sold, I sold businesses, I sold people, I went on the radio and I said, Hey, I really want your business. We'll do a great job. If you don't like it, you don't have to pay us. And, um, blah, blah, blah. I got government contracts, right? Cause there was blueprinting work in the area. So, I mean, I was like, sales were like 400%, bam, like in the first 60 days, right? Hmm. It, things were rocking. Everybody was talking about it. But here's what I didn't know. And here's my, if I have one thing to caution people about. You can grow out, you can go out and, and grow a business really fast. I thought that's all I had to do. Just go out and sell. The only thing we didn't have was sales. Here's the problem. And here's what I learned. And I'll tell you by the skin of my teeth. Um, I had ha- had to go, when I got the printing company, I had some money and stuff, but I had to get a small loan from the bank. So when I, um, when then I was selling and selling and selling and business was great and everybody was talking about it and everything. All of a sudden I realized, wait a second. My employees, by then I had added four or five employees, right? And they were kicking it for me, killing it. And I realized, wait, my employees want to get paid on Friday. But my clients, my, the, all this new business, it's not going to get paid for 30 days. Government contracts aren't paid for 90 days. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, my money's coming in, but it's not coming in for two to three months from now. And my people want to get paid on Friday, of course. And I got myself in the biggest hole. And every time I sold something else, it was a bigger hole because now I was having to pay to have it done, but it wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to get paid for 30 days. So I, I talk about not sleeping, right? And I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I felt like I was going to be this big flash in the pan, you know, here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing. And all of a sudden I said, no, wait, I just have to go to my banker. So I mustered up. And this is, again, what I want to teach people. Don't be afraid. Okay. I was like shaking inside. Because I knew I was really in a really precarious position, right? And I, but I thought, you know what? I put on like, you know, I stood in the mirror, like looked at myself like Wonder Woman and said, okay, you can do this. And then I walked into the bank and said, you know, look, his guy's name was Ron. And I, I really just really love him a lot. But I said, hey, Ron, look, remember how you loaned me a little bit of money for my printing company? He goes, yeah. I said, remember how I had to build up the sales because that was what I needed to do? He goes, yeah. I go, I've done a really good job at that. And he's like, okay. And I just looked at it for a second. I said, you really now need to step up and be my partner. How do you feel about that? And he goes, what are you talking about? And I, so I showed him all the money I had coming in. I showed him all the money going out. And he's like, oh my God. He goes, of course. So he knew that I was out doing what I was doing. And as long as you can prove that to people that you need money from, 
they're going to be behind you. But if you're just like, oh, I don't know, I just need all this money and I'm not really working. Well, they're not going to give it to you. But he was like, you know, he did. Thank God he penned me a check that day or I would have actually been out of business that fast. And I didn't know. Now who, now I look back and I, if somebody came to me and said, told me that story, I'd say, how could you possibly have not known that? But obviously sometimes you just don't know the most obvious. So realize when you grow a business, it costs money to grow a business. And that's the biggest and most treacherous thing that happened to me because I almost, you know, I almost lost everything at that point. And luckily it ended up, I ended up selling it four years later at number two in the market. And um, it was a fabulous experience. And of course, I learned a lot of lessons through that. So, you know, um, that's just really something that I could really tell people that I, I learned the hard way. And if they cannot learn it the hard way, believe me, it's easier. Just think about, okay, plot it out when you're selling stuff or when you have these plans, how much money is it really going to take me to do that? Yes. And, and you touched some base, you know, some really good points there with when it comes to cash flow, because... It's crazy. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You can be killing it on the on the <laughs> revenue, and then you look at the bottom line. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. Where's, where's all the money? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you're always the last one to get paid as an entrepreneur. Yes, so that's yes. always the worst part too. That's the worst Usually part. When you're selling so hard, you're like, man, I'm working so hard. I'm making all this money. Oh, and then you're like, wait, where did it all go? And that's just, but that's just a phase. You know, that's a phase. And so if you can get through that part of your business, then, you know, like where I am in my business now, you know, my business is running and I'm in Michigan, right? So like, you know, I do, I speak to all the clients. I bring in all the new business, which is what I love to do. I love to help people figure out how to turn their financial mess into a financial success, right? But, um, but you know, then I have people that help me with the work now. So it's not just me all the time making sure that the paperwork and all that gets done. So, you know, you do get to a point that you can hire people to help you. So if you can just keep that in your mind when you're going through the trenches like that, it makes it easier because you know there's something on the other side. And if you're going to build a business, that's what you're really building, you know, unless you're just building a job. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Some people want to be solopreneurs. They just want to do what they do. They don't really want employees. They just want to do it. And that's great. You know, that's a really simple model, but you're going to be doing the work unless you're going to teach somebody what you're doing and have them help you. But, you know, that's a great model. It is. Yeah. You know, it depends on what your goals are and what you want to do to everybody, exactly. everybody that is listening, you know, just, just be, be clear to yourself. What do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? And then go from there, you know, that's right. And make sure that you, you know, you have somebody that you can talk to as a, as a, you know, as a mentor, as a confidant or whatever, and never be afraid. Honestly, I think a lot of my early, when I was younger, I'm not now, of course, afraid of anything. I don't think, but, um, But um, when I was younger, I was always afraid to ask for help. You know, I thought, oh, they're just going to think I'm young and I'm stupid or they're going to think I haven't, you know, I haven't done what I should do or, you know, whatever. But people are glad to help. If you just ask the right person for the right thing, you know, people are glad to help. And sometimes it's not family members, you know, find somebody who's actually doing or already done what you're trying to accomplish. Don't ask people that haven't done it because I find people all the time that do that, especially with their money. You know, they'll say, Oh, I asked my uncle Joe and he told me this. Well, unless uncle Joe is licensed and all that uncle Joe's not the dude to ask. So, I mean, he may have done well for himself and sure take that with a grain of salt and find out, but don't take that as, okay, I'm going to do that because it may or may not be right for you. Right, right. So was your printing company the first one that you built, the first business? No. Um, the, I'll tell you how I got started as an entrepreneur. That, okay. And that's kind of funny because people love to hear that story. So I was only 17. I got out of school. I was so ready to get out of my house, right? And so I, I bought this really cheap, cars that were really cheap, and I had this little mini payment, you know. And so, but I was like, thought I was pretty hot stuff, right? I was like 17 with a brand new car. And so, um, and out of high school. 
And so um, I printed up business cards and I, and I love printing and graphics and stuff. So I went door to door in industrial parks and I just passed out my cards. And I said, look, I know I'm young, um, you know, I, but I can do the work. And if you need any printing, if you need me to design stuff for you, I can do that. Of course, remember, this was way before computers and right. stuff. So all this was done by hand, wow. you know, so it wasn't really a skill. It was like being a carpenter or something, you know, you, it was like, you had to know how to do it. And so, um, I was, you know, and I loved it. So anyway, so I went door to door. So I went to this one industrial park and there was these guys working on these engines in there, you know, and they had all these engines up on blocks and stuff. And I didn't know a thing about it, but he said, yeah, actually, we'd love to have you do that. We need you to take this engine and mark all the parts on it or something. And so I made this diagram and I marked all the parts and did that. So they said, you know, and I, I, and I said the same thing. I said, I know I'm young, but I can do the work. And if you don't like it, you don't have to pay me. So um, I did a project, another project. And on my third project with them, they said, hey, listen, the owner of the company really likes what you're doing. And so he'd like to meet you this Friday. He's going to be in town. I said, oh, great. So I went back. I go in. Guess who the owner was? I don't know. Mario, Mario Andretti. Wow. The race car driver. Okay. And the <laughs> engines I've been working on were for the Long Beach Grand Prix. What? <laughs> you know, that's what I said. I'm like, what? And so, yeah. And so I had made this really good money. I got invited to the Long Beach Grand Prix, got backstage passes, pit passes. <laughs> you know, I, could, I wasn't even old enough to drink, right? And I'm like, I like this entrepreneurial thing, right? <laughs> right. And so that was my start. And so from then, I, whenever I got discouraged, I always went back to that and said, you know, look, you can do it. You just, and sometimes you have to be willing to just print cards and walk from indus in the industrial park, you know, be in the trenches and sell yourself. Nobody's going to believe more in your business than you do and be able to to, you know, to um, explain it to people and be able to articulate it to people. What is it that you're doing? You know, and now in the financial space, it's even much more difficult. So that's how I started in San Diego. And then I, grew, I went back to LA. Um, I did a broadcast quality video company. So that was really fun. And then bought the printing company in Grand Junction, Colorado. And then I went up to Maine. And that's um, when I started printing an international business journal. Um, so I went to Maine and Atlantic Canada. And that's when I got ready to sell that that I took on this consultant that started the relationship that you know the rest. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, um, how it went. But, um, but, you know, I think you have to, <clears throat> you do have to be really, um, I want to say bulletproof. And the reason is because we do, we do love for things just to be right and cozy and perfect and comfy, but they're just not as an entrepreneur. You're just saying, okay, look, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to step out there and I'm going to do what needs to get done. And, that's always how I felt most motivated, but it wasn't always easy, you know, and a lot of times I am, I was the last person to get paid, you know, so you have to take that into consideration and be ready to do that. So, you know, but if you can do that, I think it's a life like no other. I've been able to travel all, all over. I've met the most fabulous people. I mean, I've met executives, you know, um, for one year, actually. So in Savannah, for one year, I was hired as a consultant for Gulfstream Aerospace. You know, oh. the people that make the jets. Yes. Yeah. Now that was a great job, right? I've only right. had one job. That was a good one, right? And so, um, yeah, and it was my job. Uh, long story how I got there, but um, it was my job to go out and, and secure gifts to give to the people that bought the jets. Wow. So, that was oh, I fun. know. That so, sounds fun. That was, oh, God. It, was, it was crazy. It was so much fun. The, um, this lady, that she lived in Savannah, and, um, and we were walking our dogs, and she said, um, I said, what do you, I was fascinated because she was the director of marketing at Gulfstream, and I said, what do you give to the people that buy the jets? I thought, oh, how fabulous. You know? And she says, oh, we give them golf shirts. And I was like, what? Golf <laughs> shirts? They're just buying a $50 million plane. They have a golf shirt already. I'm sure they do. And so she's like, why? What would you do? And I said, wow, if that's a real question, 
to an entrepreneur, that sounds like a business plan ready to get made. Right? <laughs> right. I'm like, I will get back to you. And so I got back to her like next, the next week. And I said, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, you have to standardize it. You know, you should have things that they can't buy. So my, so she said, okay, write up your job description, write your salary requirements and turn it into HR. So, um, I did. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, um, so, so my job was to go out and, and make all these private label things, have all these private label things made for the people that bought the jet. So, it was like a personal shopper with a Gulfstream checkbook. And it was fabulous. But it was only for one year. But I had the funnest time of my life. And um, so, yeah, I, bought, I had all these things made. We put them so that all the sales guys did the same thing around the world. So they weren't giving all kinds of random stuff around the world. And, um, yeah, so that was really super fun. But, you know, you have opportunities like that. And I would have never had that opportunity to step into that job as a consultant, if I hadn't had all that experience as an entrepreneur. Right, right. You know, talk about creating your own opportunities. I mean, you were basically just <laughs> doing your thing and creating your own. It's like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to wait for anything to happen. <laughs> no, I'm going to make it happen, right? But I mean, right. it was just by asking a simple question. And I, I didn't, when I asked the question, I didn't, I wasn't thinking that. But when you have an entrepreneurial mindset, even when I sit on planes, when I'm going places with people, people will start telling me a struggle that they're having. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you could just do this and that would fix it. And they're like, oh my God, what a great idea. So it's fun. You know, you can help a lot of people. And um, so that's, that's how that happened. But that was really fun. And then I, you know, moved on from there. But, um, but I think, you know, the reason that I'm so excited about the Lifestyle Wealth Group and the whole financial piece is because I just think that there's so many fabulously creative people in this country, in this world, doing, they all have dreams in their heart of things that they know they could do if they just had the resources and just had the confidence. And so I feel like if I can help them have the money that they need so that they can use it as they go through life, right? That it's tax-free, that their account grows every day. It doesn't go backwards. It doesn't drop when the stock market drops. That they can then say, wow, I'm actually building this little reserve. So now I can I need a little bit of money to go start my business. Hey, it's right here. I don't have to go to a bank and pay them interest. I can actually keep that money and pay myself that interest if I want to. So it's a way that you can actually really, um, I call it like holistic finance because it's a way that you can actually just be, it always grows. It's always there. And then what, and the reason that I'm so motivated about this is because number one, it's been, it was a big struggle in my life, you know, most of my life trying to figure out how to pay for businesses, but also I feel like it gives us the opportunity then to do whatever we want in life. So it gives the, all of the people, you know, if whether you're a mom, a stay-at-home mom or a business owner or CEO of a big company, it gives you the money that you need to be able to do the things that you want to do in life. And so that's why I'm really, really passionate and feel so powerful about this because money will help people do anything, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I love the message you're trying to get out there and to everybody that is listening. You know, there's a lot of people that know what they want to do and they know what type of business they want to start. And, you know, they are they might be afraid, but they still want to do it. But there's always that. Well, you know, money, you know, the right. If I quit my job, the revenue stops coming in or maybe I need a, a big chunk of money to open a retail store or, right. or something like that. You know, so this is a great option for everybody that is listening, you know, start planning right now. So, you know, start start doing your, your setting up goals so that in a few, I don't know, a couple of years, right. maybe you're, you're ready to go. Exactly, exactly. And so that you have, the, the key is, see, the thing is, we've been told to either put money in the bank or put money in our 401k or IRA, both of those things putting it in the bank, you get you no return. Okay. So that's a, that's not a good idea. And then your 401k and IRA, and that's probably a whole different show, Christian. So we <laughs> yes. can talk about that another day because I, you don't want to get me started right now. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but, th but the whole thing is don't do that. Okay. Just don't do that. That's how people are retiring broke. The IRS, what happens is 
instead of paying tax when you owe it early on, the tax just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the IRS is hoping, the IRS, the banks, and the financial advisors, Wall Street, I mean, are hoping that you defer your tax. Don't defer any tax. We have a really low tax rate right now. And that's what we teach people. I do a webinar, actually. So if you or any of your listeners want to jump on, I'm glad to make that available to them. They can just connect with me on my website, and we'll be glad to add them to the list. It's a 30-minute webinar. We don't, we're not pitching anything, but I really want to... It's education. It's really realizing that what we've been told is not true, and it doesn't work. So I'd love to empower entrepreneurs to get their own source of funding that will last them their lifetime and just have them put whatever money they can put in there, but be able to really move in the direction of their dreams and knowing that they're not going to wake up like so many people did in 2008 and say, I'm sorry, but it's all gone. The stock market took it, you know, that's, that's not right for anybody. So we want to stop that. And we want, you know, we want people just to be able to go out and live their dreams. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that I link, um, you know, a way to connect with you and everything on the, on the, okay. at the hassle show that co slash T S H 13. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll link everything there so cool. they can, they can connect with you and they can nice. you know, follow you. And, you know, I know you also are the author of Sarah in, in, in the new million is the new million. And I'm eager to hear that story. What did that, where did that come from? Where that came from was the same thing about this. So defer, it all comes back to deferring your tax. If you can be in a 0% tax bracket and And so when the IRS started the IRS tax code in 1913, they put a bunch of code in there that says all the, you know, 12,000 pages of how you have to pay tax. They also put five different places that said, if you just structure it this way, you don't ever have to pay tax on the money after you pay tax on the income, right? So I'm not saying don't pay taxes. There's people out there that say we don't have to pay taxes. I think most of those people are either in jail or in court all the time because <laughs> it's, they're pro they may be right, but I don't want to spend the rest of my life with lawyers and courtrooms and stuff. So pay your tax, right? Just pay your tax. But But only pay it once. The rest of the times that you pay that tax, you don't have to if it's structured right. And the IRS, is, it's, that's been since the turn of the century that all that's been in the tax code. But because it doesn't benefit Wall Street, we, you're not taught about it in school. And see, that's what I uncovered. And I was like, it's so simple. It's right in front of us, but we just don't know. So we, you know, these strategies have been around for a hundred years. And so zero is the new million just means the zero tax bracket will let you create hundreds of thousands of extra dollars in your life because it's not just the tax that you pay, but it's what that money can do if you just leave it in these accounts and let it grow, right? And so just let it grow, let it grow, take it out when you need to put it back. You can use the money to buy a car, put it back. You don't have to apply for loans at the bank, pay them the interest and lose that money. That money now is growing for you. And it's just a way that you just keep putting more and more pebbles and, you know, into the jar. And, but it's liquid so that, you know, most of it's liquid so that you just need, you, if you need it, you can get it. So anyway, that's, so zero is the new million is just the way that by paying zero taxes um, and only paying tax once, but by pay, paying zero in taxes after you get it in the account, never having to pay tax again, it leads you well on your way to the millionaire lifestyle. So that's, that's a, a printed book that's coming out. Um, my, my ebook that anybody can grab if they want to is called The Wealth Report. And the wealth report is an acronym and it stands for the why. Okay. So why do we need to know about money? The E is for education or like I say, miseducation, all the crap we've been taught about money. Um, the A is for attitude or mindset. You know, how does that we really look about money? Did we grow up hearing money was terrible or do we grow up hearing, Hey, you need money to get by. Um, the L is for leverage. And that's the thing that you're not taught by financial advisors or in financial school or anything. And it's what the wealthy do. See, you don't want to put your money in the bank and get zero return. And you don't want to have all your money at risk, right? You want something in the middle that pays you a great tax-free return so that you never have to worry about it going backwards. Every penny you ever put in will be there. So that's the L for leverage. Um, T is for time, 
right? Because we need to let our money grow. You guys are in the best place you could ever be for the time, for the time thing. And then um, the H is for health. So like financial health, just like physical health, we need to make sure that we, we know what, what keeps us all, what keeps us healthy, which is things like not getting in debt and not paying credit card debt and things like that. So we help everybody. And if people are in debt, we also have a great plan for getting you out of debt, whether it's student or consumer debt, a third of the time with a third of the interest, and you're building a tax-free savings account while you do it. So we're really excited about that. All that's on my website um, at lifestylewealthgroup.com. They can check it out. But please just connect with me. And there's a spot there that says, what would you like to talk about? Let me know. I'd love to you know, know what anybody's struggling with. And if I can help them, I will. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's mind blowing. I wish we had a few more hours to keep going and, and talk more <laughs> about money because it's, you know, it's one of my passions trying to figure it out too. I mean, like I said, I'm no expert, but it's it's fascinating to find out all the 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 things that we were not taught, you know, nobody told me this, nobody told me that. So for me, it's fascinating hearing your, your, you know, everything about money and wealth, but I have a million dollar question for you so, Ooh. because you, you have all this amazing journey and all this crazy, you know, different industries, different, you know, it's not like you went from one to more, more in depth, more in depth. You're like me, you went like on this one and then changed. Yeah. You changed yeah. completely industry and then you changed again. Did it ever get, easier when you started the next one, the next business? Yes, it uh, It always gets easier, honestly. And here's why. It gets easier because I heard Tony Robbins one time say, when you drop, drop a pebble into a lake, the rings go out in a circle, right? Every time they, that you learn something new, it's like dropping a pebble in there. All of a sudden, your rings go out. It's not like, oh, well, I handled this one thing in my life, so now I'm really good at that, but everything else is still all messed up. No, as you learn one thing and you take control of one area in your life, like me, you know, putting on my, you know, my confidence outfit and going in and talking to my banker, I was scared to death. He, if he said no, that was going to be really bad. But I went in there and said, you know what? I don't have anything. I do have a lot to lose, but you know, I don't have anything to lose by asking. I'm not going to be worse off for asking. So, you know, the thing is, I think being in different industries, it doesn't really matter. If you're an entrepreneur, you look for opportunity. It doesn't matter the industry. So for me early on, I love printing and graphics and television and stuff like that. You know, I love that video. Um, I loved all that. So I stayed in that because I liked that. Right. And I saw opportunity in that then as you know, then printing the, you know, the business journal in Atlantic uh, Canada and Maine, that was still kind of an extension of that. And then here again, taking my life experience and saying, Hey, wait, there's a big, we're told a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense in the money field. And, and, and it affects everyone, you know? And so what if we could actually just free it up and keep it super simple? Wouldn't that make sense? Why do we keep it complicated? So as you grow, you learn and learn and learn. Every industry, you have to learn the specifics of that industry and don't go into something that you don't know about. I see people all the time that will say, oh, I really want to do this. And I'll say, why? They go, I don't know. I just want to do that. Not a reason. Yes. Probably going to end up, pew, you know, it's probably going to end up in a crash and burn. So you want to really research it. You want to know what you're getting into. You want to think about the people that you want to be around while you're building your business, right? You know, do you... You, you know, and so that's an important decision. I mean, I've always loved professional women. I've always loved people that are, you know, that are really kicking it as an entrepreneur. So like when I come here, I'm meeting with entrepreneurs and I love it. You know, everybody, everybody feeds off everybody. So surround yourself with good people. You know, you may have to break a few relationships off for a short amount of time. You know, if you've got somebody in your life that's telling you, you can't do it, or who do you think you are anyway? Or, you know, like you can't, you know, you don't have that experience. You might just have to kind of push that back a little bit, not listen to that and say, you know, 
I'm really, I'm going to do what it takes to, to do what I need to do and, and try it. And there, and I honestly want to say too, there is nothing, no such thing as failure. You know, even if things don't go the way that you think they should, if you learn from it, it's not a failure. Then you've expanded that circle where you drop that pebble, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. Cause like for me, do you think I'm ever going to under, undercapitalize a business again in my life, <laughs> you know, no, I'm never going to go in and have to ask my banker for money again. You know what I mean? And so I learned like a super valuable lesson and, um, yeah, I lost a lot of sleep over it, but you know, I'm here today. And so, you know, it's just really just deciding on commitment, deciding how bad you want it because it's not easy. You know, it's not easy, but I also think for me, you know, what would be even so much harder is punching a clock so much harder answering to a boss I don't like or or having to do something that I don't really believe in you know everything that I've done Christian I've done because I put my whole heart in it and I believed it was something that needed to be done you know and so that that really motivates you you know you get up every day you know some days you get up and you're like nah but other days you get up and you're like yeah you know I'm really important and just keep focusing yourself back on what's the prize you know what is it you want to accomplish down the road and you know then you just got to keep going no matter what, you know, you hit walls, you got to climb them, you know, you step on something, step in something, you got to keep going, you know, just dust your shoes off and keep going. And so, um, you know, and, and don't be afraid to admit if you like, you know, I, in all of my businesses, I've always kind of started down the road. And then if I, if I see what's working, I see what's not working. And so then I say, okay, why is that working? Okay. I'm going to do more of that. And that is really for me, what has kept me moving forward, having fun, changing as I needed to change. Um, and so I just like to recommend that to people. If they're thinking about that, you don't have to, by the time you set out and have like every goal figured out in your 10 year plan, it's probably obsolete in today's world because technology and everything changes. Yes. You got to start over already, you know? So like, don't just get, start, get going because then you'll have people that will come into your life. Resources will come into your life. New ideas will come into your head. And you'll just be on this road that's you're just like, yeah, you know, now you're, you're just, you know, you're just in the hustle, you know, you're hustling along and you're doing great. So I just hope everybody does take the challenge and does realize that it's part of life. You know, taking challenges like that is part of life. And don't be afraid, you know, just take it a day at a time and, and ask for help when you need it. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I appreciate everything you're telling all our hustlers right now. And hopefully we get them motivated and inspired to just go for it and, and you know, just stop thinking of those fears. Just go for it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and fear, I, I honestly believe that fear is just something that your body tries to do to keep you safe, right? There's just something that pops in your mind. It's not real. You know, people always say false evidence appearing real, you know, it's fear. You don't have to be afraid. Don't do stupid things, you know, but <laughs> you know, don't like jump off a building and say, Oh, you know, I'm not afraid of right, hitting. Yeah. Oh, not yeah, probably a good idea. Cheryl and Christian grabbing. said that I shouldn't have fear. So I'm just going to jump. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just don't, yeah don't do that. <laughs> Make sure you know what, you know, things like gravity do apply to you, um, <laughs> no matter whether you believe them or not. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited, Christian. I love what you're doing. I really love that you're bringing entrepreneurs out and you're, um, you know, you're asking some tough questions and some really good questions so that we can, we can share what ha helps and matters to other people. So and that's I don't what know. it's all about. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for being here. And I don't know if you listened to the episodes here where, where I share, you know, why I'm doing this and, my my background is definitely not television or media or anything, so I never interviewed anybody before. Not like you, you you know you you have that background. So I'm learning on the go, and there was fear at the beginning. So, but I'm having fun, so I just I just See? went for it. 
you overcome it and that's it. And, you know, now you wouldn't be afraid if somebody wanted to have you as a guest on their show, you'd be like, oh, sure. Cause it's no big deal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's you expanding your dropping your pebble, you know, so good for you. It's great. I just wish you every success and I know you're going to be really successful. So good for you for, for taking the leap, you know, the big leap. Well, thank you. And I want to change gears a little bit here from your story to what I like to call the hassle round, where we're going to play a little game. Um, I'm going to throw a word at you and you're going to, whatever first word pops in your mind, you're going to give it back to me. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan? Yes. All right. So the first word is hustle. Hustle just means keep going. Just don't stop, right? Just keep hustling. Work. Uh... Unnecessary evil, if you look at it one way, right? <laughs> right. But, um, but actually, you know, um, a really valuable part of life, something that we, that is really valuable. Yeah. Employee. Someone who works for you or with you, um, but somebody that you can actually work, you know, shoulder to shoulder with. Boss. Uh, I don't have one. Just me. <laughs> Just- I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Rules. Uh, good. But I've always been one that said, uh, that probably doesn't apply to me. So, <laughs> That's for everybody else. That might be for other people. It probably works for them. It doesn't work for me. So rules, I would say, make sure before you challenge them, but definitely challenge them. Cool. College. Uh, I'm probably the wrong one to ask about that. Um, I just think that's... Um, for Now, if somebody's going to be a brain surgeon, I want them to go to college. A exactly. Yeah, for sure. I really want them to know. <laughs> I don't want them to get a correspondence course on that. <laughs> But especially if I got a problem, but, um, but it's other than that, honestly, I feel that I just feel like it's a waste of time and money for, I'm going to say a lot, a lot of people, they're changing the rules. They're charging you more and you're, you're not getting the education that you need. The way that you know that is because there's so many people unemployed working at Macy's with $1,200 a month student loan debts. Uh, That just, that just pains me. It makes me so angry. And, um, I just don't want to, you know, I have, my grandkids will be growing up soon and I see, I. I have these funds put aside for them in the accounts like I talk about, but they don't have to be used for college. So I hope that they become entrepreneurs or that they decide they want to go around the world. I'm going to pen them a check and say, here, this is your education. But I just feel like putting it, putting the money into colleges, I just feel like is not the way that young entrepreneurial people need to do. Some things do need college and I'm not discounting that. They absolutely need college, but other things I think don't. And I don't think that 75% um, of people need to go through that and, and put themselves in a lifetime of debt because if you don't pay off your student loans now, they go into your when, when you're you know as you go through life as you climb the corporate ladder they can keep you from getting considered for opportunities later. But you know the worst worst part they take it out of your social security check if you haven't paid it back by the mm-hmm. time you're in social security. Who wants that right. paying your whole life? So no college hmm. no big no no college debt anyway no yeah <laughs> fear um. A good thing, actually. You know, we used to need it when we were like in cave, caveman people, you know, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex came chasing after you. Fear <laughs> was a good thing because you needed to run faster than you'd ever run. But, you know, but we don't now I think it's we need to keep it in perspective and we need to use it to motivate us. I absolutely believe that. But it is real. You know, it is real in ourselves. We just need to bring ourselves up to the place where things don't scare us anymore. I love that. Weakness. Mm. I think that comes from things that we that stem in our own personalities, in our own childhood, in our own lives. And, you know, we're weak about things that we're either afraid of or things that we're afraid to stand up for. And just examine that within yourself. What makes you feel that? What makes you feel like you're not able to do that? And then so weakness for me is um, it's valuable, but it's something that you need to that just look inside yourself and, and find out why you feel that way. Because it's probably nothing you need to feel weak about, right? Right. Yeah. Cool. 
The next one is strength. My favorite word. I love that. Um, just actually, I feel like strength is just um, going for what you want and not being afraid. Strength is getting yourself ready. You know, it's like when you train, I, uh, my grandkids' favorite show is that um, American Ninja, you know, mm. and um, they built a little course in the backyard, you know, it's hilarious. And, um, um, but you know, the thing is, but I tell them, they, those people trained for that, you know, they, they didn't just walk on there and do that. And, um, and that's how it is in life. You know, we need to make sure that we, we make ourselves stronger every day, whatever that is, not like necessarily, you know, buff like that, but we need to become stronger in the areas that we feel weak. We need to become stronger in the things that, that scare us. We need to even be stronger in the things that we're really great at because then we're going to be kicking butt on everybody else that's trying to do what we do. We're going to be out in front and leading the pack. So I love that word. Um, and that's, I think, a great word, a great mantra um, to mm -hmm. just kind of put on your mirror and remember that you can do anything. Cool. Motivation. Uh, it really important. Always got to keep on that. Um, whatever motivates you intrinsically, you know, inside the things that make you happy. And I've really come to a part in my life where I'm able to do that. I love, I have a horse. I love riding my horse. I love riding my bike in South Florida. You know, I love hanging out with my grandkids. I take Wednesdays off and I do play, you know, stuff I want to do during the morning. And then I go horseback riding and play in the afternoon with them. And that's what you can do as an entrepreneur. So for me, motivation is that, that I can work really hard on Monday and Tuesday. I can work really hard on Thursday and Friday. And then I can do what I want to do Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. And so, um, but I love my work. So it's not even really a job for me in that way, but it's just, I really focus my activities on, on those days. And um, so I think it's, uh, you know, motivation is either finding it from other people. So, you know, listen, I, I'm always listening, learning podcasts, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, um, you know, getting information, listening to other people. And that really motivates you because you can pick up stuff, but you can also realize you're really not alone in some of the things that you struggle with. I love it. And the last but not least, books. Books. Uh, love them. Audiobooks for me. Uh, yes. But, on the go. Um, <laughs> on the go. I have them all loaded into my phone, my computer. I have them loaded everywhere. But yeah, definitely important. There's so many great books. And um, yeah, that's people just sharing, you know, what they feel really passionate about. And I think it's a really good way to, um, you know, just to keep, you have to, you have to be cutting edge. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet, but I also think that sometimes, you know, when pe you don't know what you're getting there, you know, you don't know who, why people are writing what they write or whatever, but in books, they really, it's people sharing their heart. And I know after writing, like my ebook was so much easier than my real book, you know, but when you have to really sit down and write a real book, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's a process and it's a soul searching process. So know that when you read books or listen to books, um, you're actually hearing right from the people's heart. And I think that's kind of an important thing what they think is most important, um, they're sharing in their book. Because I can tell you that's what happens. I'm not going to share about things that aren't important to me. It's hard enough to put it on paper. So I'm sharing what's really on my heart. And so I would encourage people to definitely stay, stay motivated, use books and, and use resources like people. Sweet. All right. Well, before we leave, I mean, I want to just thank you for your time. And I truly appreciate and very grateful that you were able to, you know, you know, share some of your insights and some great tips. And, and not only that, but gave us the inspiration that, you know, it's hard, but it's possible. Look at you after 40 years of entrepreneurship, different industries. And now, you know, you're, you're just loving life and talking to me with this amazing background that you have there. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. It's great. Well, good for you. And I'm proud of you. You know, I think it's just great. And I think it's just great for your listeners to make sure they stay in touch, you know, keep listening and keep listening to what you're doing because you're doing a great job. So thank you for having me on today. Well, thank you so much. And, um, any way that people can connect with you so that they can follow you and absolutely. So I'm on, um, I'm on all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and that's at Cheryl Fields, Inc. I N C. 
Um, so my Facebook page, um, I do a lot there. I do a lot on Instagram. And, um, and then, of course, they can connect with me on my website, which is lifestylewealthgroup.com, all spelled out. And um, they can connect with me there. They can grab the wealth report there. And um, I have my a time calendar there. So if anybody wants to you know, have a 30-minute conversation on what's going on with them in their lives, I'm glad to do that. The other thing I want them to know is we don't ever charge for what we do. So nobody has to worry about a bill or this is, you know, even when if they want to work with me and get these accounts set up for them, I never charge for that. Um, so I want you to know I just hook you up with companies that can really benefit you. And so um, I'm an expert in knowing which companies are best. And so um, that's how I get paid. They pay me, but um, I can, I can help you at absolutely no cost. So not you, but you know, you, yes, but anybody, but um, so yeah, so that's how they can connect with me. And if I can help in any way, I'd love to do that. Sweet. All right. And we'll make sure that we link everything, your book and, and your website and your social media accounts at the hassle show that co slash TSH 13. THS 13. Thank you so much. So there you have it, Hustlers, the story of Cheryl Fields from Lifestyle Well Group. It's a truly inspiring story. I hope you got some real good golden nuggets here from when it comes to money and wealth. And now is the time to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. It will mean the world to me and I would truly appreciate it as you will be helping a lot of other people to find our show and to find our message, all right? And I hope you join us on Monday for another episode, for episode 14, as we have another really cool story that I want to share with you. Okay. So I'll talk to you on Monday. Keep hustling. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.